Oh, I feel like a, almost like Art and Trina. Been a while. You know, Brother Daryl welcomed me back today, too. So um, while you're recovering from jet lag, uh, might take a couple days. I'm trying to recover from another lag, twin lag. It might make, take me another six months or a year. I don't know. It's our first time. So pray for us. But uh, it's good to be back in the house of the Lord while I've been here. Just haven't been here full time. So, but uh, t- I want to take our text tonight from Genesis 3.15, just one verse. So Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between thee and a woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shall bruise his heel. God answered prayers. Amen. I love that. He answers prayers. So the last few times I've been talking about uh, how God answers prayer. Of course, we all know through Sunday school, there's three different ways how God answers prayers. First, uh, like Brother Chris testify, you know, when uh, he gave us the desire of our heart, he gave us a yes. When we pray, we plead, he gave us a yes. And, uh, and, uh, we do what we can to be blessed by that yes. But I think a lot of time when God give us that desire of our heart, uh, the, the yes to our request there, uh, sometime we, uh, kind of lose focus when God give us that yes. And for example, let's say if God, uh, you, you, you wanted a promotion or great achievement, at work or academic achievement, we kind of get sidetracked, say, oh man, I'm there, I obtained this great thing, and kind of lose focus that God gave you that yes in the first place, and you kind of get sidetracked and just kind of start to rely on your own self and thinking that you accomplished this. And for example, Hezekiah, uh, I spoke about that a while back when uh, when Hezekiah prayed that uh, God would save him, extended his life, and God did give him the desire of his heart and extend his life for 15 years. But he started to lose focus on why he made that prayer and that request in the first place and what, how he lived his life before that request. He was dedicated to the Lord. He was serving the Lord. He, yeah. Everything for the Lord. He loved the Lord with all his heart, with all his mind, with all his uh, uh, soul. But then when God gave him that yes, he, he kind of forgot the, the reason for that. And then consequences start to follow. And when you lose your focus, lose sight of what the Lord has planned for you, consequence, consequences will follow. And a lot of time... It doesn't just affect you, it affects your family, it affects your children, and it affects the next generation. So we have to be careful and keep our focus on what God's will is for us. So when God gave us our yes, make sure we use that yes to bless, to praise His name, to give glory to Him, not to focus and kind of point that glory to ourselves. So, and then of course sometime, God says no. And a lot of time we don't understand why. He says no. 
or the reason he says no. Of course, his way are higher than our ways, his thought uh, higher than our thoughts. And um, for example, Paul, at least three times he asked the Lord to take the thorn from his side and the Lord said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. And the same for us. When, uh, when God says no, we need to know that his plan is greater for us. When he says no, it's because he loves us so. But at the same time, when we tell, when we say no to God, we are telling God that we have a better plan for ourselves, that our way is better than God's way, that we take our own life into our own hand, that our life is in our hand. You know, it's hard to imagine as on the way here, thinking that many people in this world rely on themselves, put their own life in their own hand, and just because at the blink of an eye, that life or that moment could be gone. You know, only God is in control. When you allow yourself to be in control, you, um, you, you, it's a big gamble. It's a great gamble because, yeah, eternity, where you spend eternity, depend on it. Um, so think about it. When you put your own fate, your own life in your own hand, and when you tell God no, yeah, that's what you're doing. You're taking a really, really huge chance, big chance, and it's a very, very bad one. So, and then uh, sometime, of course, uh, tonight, that's what I want to talk about is wait or waiting on God. Sometime God, uh, his answer for us is wait. When we uh, send our request, our prayer, uh, for what, for whatever reason, uh, God telling us, yeah, you have to wait. I mean, waiting is probably one of the toughest thing for a lot of us. For me, also, I mean, especially waiting in line at a gas station at Costco. Yeah, I just wonder why they can't go any faster. Or especially at the grocery line, you have to say, come on, what, what are you doing? Um, are you here to socialize or are you here to get to check out your grocery and just go home and, and go to cooking? But God is working on me. God has taught and sent me. I'll give you some example for that. You know, I, I believe that, um, waiting, when we wait on God, God teaches us to truly rely on Him. Yeah. He used waiting to increase our faith, uh, in Him. And to have us, to allow us to let him control our life and our decision. That's why I believe that he makes us wait or when he tells us uh, for us to wait. Because at the same time also to show, to show us mercy. Because there's many times where, you know, I need to go somewhere or maybe in a hurry somewhere when I was younger, stuff like that. You know, if I didn't listen to the Lord or wait, Thing would not have a turn out what it should have been. Uh, I wouldn't be standing here today. So waiting also show uh, God's mercy. So there's a, a couple other reasons why God uh, want us to wait. Waiting reveal our true motives also, right? We um, we need to work on it a lot of time because waiting 
like I said earlier, when you know, waiting in line for gas or whatever, bring out the best and worst in people. You believe that? I've seen it. It does. Well, impatience, if that's a word, waiting, bring out the best and worst in people. I mean, the flesh is always in a hurry. You always want to get things done. You want, always want to do something right away. And uh, I think it knows because uh, you know, instant gratification, uh, instant whatever you want to get done or do, it knows that if you wait a little longer, you might be convicted. The Lord might convict you to do the right thing. So that's why uh, the flesh is always in a hurry to do. You know what you're not supposed to do. So and again, an example, King Saul, he knows he was given instruction by the Lord before going into the battle. You're supposed to do, uh, you know, only the, the prophet can give a sacrifice. He has a job to do. He is the, supposed to wait on Samuel and Samuel is supposed to do the offering and the sacrifice. He is the king. He is not supposed to do that. So when he decide to make the, the sacrifice on behalf of Samuel, he took thing, things into his own hand and saying that, you know, I can do this. I'm king. Why can't I do it? I'm just as good as uh, the prophet. There's no reason. I mean, he's running late. Why can't I do it? A lot of time, I think we do that too. Uh, we know we have to understand our role, what God called us to do, what God's will is in our life for us. We need we need to keep focus on what His will is for us and what we are called to do. When we go outside of the boundary of what we are called to do, that's when, again, bad consequences, bad things happen because God has a purpose and plan for everything in our life. So when Saul chose to do that, he went against God's will. And of course, we all know the consequences of that. And then uh, waiting also build patience in our lives. Waiting on small things lead to greater things, to bigger things. As a, an example, uh, I love Joseph is one of my heroes, you know, besides just being sold into slavery. When he was in prison, he was there for a while. And then, you know, one day, lo and behold, the baker and the butler came into prison with him. Not just a regular baker, they were the chief baker and butler. And they came and he befriended them. And after a while, you know, he saw them that they were sad. And he interpreted, uh, they said they had a bad dream and you know, can you help us with it? And Joseph uh, told them, uh, interpret their dreams. But uh, after he interpreted the, uh, the butler, the chief butler dream, he said, hey, remember me, what I told you today. Remember what I did for you today. Do me this favor. Don't forget about me. You know, three days later, that happened, and he forgot about him. I'm sure it must be disappointing. But you know what? Joseph was faithful. He kept doing what he, he wasn't mad, upset at God, said, God, why did this happen? You know, how come he forgot about me? It's only been three days. You know, some people said, oh, you know, they can't remember what, you know, what they did yesterday or what they had for lunch or dinner. But uh, this is three days. And this is important. This was a life and death situation. And the uh, chief butler forgot about him. And again, Jesus, uh, Joseph went on his life. He's still doing what was right, doing what... Uh, 
according to God's will. But, you know, he waited two years before he was called to interpret the Pharaoh's dream. And of course, because of he was waiting on little thing, he, he became, yeah, was responsible for greater thing. And again, saving the whole children of Israel at that time. So again, waiting built patience in our life. Waiting, doing little things, having patience in little things, um, lead to greater patience for uh, greater things. And also, another one, waiting transform our characters. You know, Moses waited 40 years in the desert in Midian before God called him to lead the children, uh, the, the children of Israelite out of Egypt. What did he do for those 40 years? God was building his character. He had to have family. He had to learn how to be a shepherd. He had to learn to be a husband and raise children. I mean, if he didn't do all that, can you imagine dealing with all those? I'm sure you know, God can still help him, but it would be a whole lot more uh, difficult. So he spent 40 years, God allowed him to spend 40 years to build his character, who he is, before God can call him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. So waiting transform our character. So again, when God call us to wait, it's not just for so he can just say, hey, yeah, I'm doing this to you because I can do it. No, he does it to build our character, to make us a better person so we can be a witness or a better character and example for other around us. So it's not just all about us. It's all about God. It's all about what he can do. It's all about his glory. So, and also uh, waiting draw us closer to God and his will for us. You know, all the great men and women in the Bible um, were great because they were close to God. They went through hardship with God. They didn't do it alone at all. They went through it with God. As an example, David. I mean, when he was anointed, when Samuel chose him, went and you know, picked him out to be king, God called him to be king, he had to wait 15 years before he was able to sit on the throne. And about another seven years before the whole tribe, the combined tribe, acknowledged him as throne. But through those years, he had to learn how to depend on God, rely on God, you know, sing praises to God, realizing God was his all and all. And he had to learn to hide God's word and God in his heart that he might not sin against God. So, and that's what he did. He built all that. He relied on God and he didn't need to draw closer to God. And that's what we need to do. When we wait on God, we need to draw closer and closer on God and not lose sight. We can't give up. We can't lose heart because God is not allowing us to wait without him. God is waiting with us. He's not making us wait alone. Said, yeah, well, you go wait in that corner like we, when we tell our children. You go, go wait in your room by yourself. No, God is waiting in that room with us in every moment of our life when he tell us to wait. So now let's go uh, back to our, our scripture verse here. It says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shall bruise thy heel. Now this is the, since sin 
came into this world through one man and one, one woman, you know, sin has to be redeemed by one man also. So this is the first prophecy that uh, God gave us that Jesus Christ would come and be a propitiation for us. So this is the first prophecy. And there's many more prophecies throughout the Bible from there on through uh, you know, Psalms, David, and through all the prophets. And I made a list real quick. And this is not all the prophets about Jesus coming back to save because of that sin, to uh, become a propitiation for our sin there. And uh, I'll just read some real quick here. And again, this is not all the prophecy, but just some of it. It's just about when Jesus was coming back. And because since the beginning of human history, we've been waiting for Jesus to come back to become a living sacrifice for all of us, that we might have the hope of eternal salvation, a hope of heaven. So, the Messiah would be born of a woman. He would be born in Bethlehem. He would be born of a virgin. He would come from the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He would come from the tribe of Judah, an heir to King David's throne. His name would be called Emmanuel. He would spend a season in Egypt. A massacre of children would happen at his birthplace. A messenger would prepare a way for the Messiah. He would be rejected by his own people. He would be a prophet. He would be preceded by Elijah. He would be declared the son of God. He would be called a Nazarene. He would speak in parables. He would be a priest after the order of Melchizedek. He would be called a king. He would be betrayed. He would be falsely accused. He would silence before his accuser. He would be spat upon and struck. He would be hated without cause. He would be given vinegar to drink. His hand and feet would be pierced. He would be mocked and ridiculed. Soldier would gamble for his garments. His bone would be not, would not be broken. He would pray for his enemies. His side would be pierced. He would resurrect from the dead. He would ascend to heaven. He would be seated at God's right hand. And he would be a sacrifice for sin. And he's coming back soon. So these, since then, since the, the first sin, we, or humans, been waiting for the Messiah to come back. And it's unfortunate there's people out there still thinking, waiting that Jesus Christ has not come back yet to become that living sacrifice, that he has not yet uh, die on Calvary for our sin, that he has not rose again on the third day. It has happened. We are just waiting for his second coming. You know, there are times when God asks us to wait, and there are many times we don't understand why, why we have to wait, but God, again, never asks us to wait alone at all. You know, because, um, Example in Elijah too, when I was reading, reading that this week, uh, just going through that, uh, it was amazing where beside the raving, bring him food, you know, the angel would bring him cake also to eat and went back to his sleep. It's amazing that God care and love us so much that he will do whatever it is for our benefit, not what we think that is good for ourselves, but what he think that is beneficial for us. Yeah, and every time, everyone, all of us in our life will have to wait on God. Yeah, I learned 
and we should learn all the important of waiting on God and what to do when we wait on God. Yeah, I'll close with this verse, a very familiar verse. I love this verse. It's the, the verse that I go to in times of, of comfort, in times of struggles, in times of uh, just challenges and limitation. Isaiah 40, 31. I'm sure most of you can quote it by heart. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagle. They shall run and not be aware, not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen to that. You know, I learn to wait on God and I learn while I'm waiting on God to give thanks to the Lord. Uh, I learn to count my blessing. There are hundreds and hundreds of blessing throughout the day. I understand a lot of time, some days are more challenging than other. Some days you get less sleep. But uh, those days, even the, those moments, I, I thank the Lord. I said, Lord, I thank you for the blessing, for the life, for the things you've given me, you know, for the twins, even though they just keep me awake all the time. I want to say, I, I want to put them in the other room, but you know what? I said, thank you, Lord, for them. Thank you for such a blessing. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to raise these girls in your gospel. And I pray that you would just continue to give me strength and hope in you, that I will not lose hope in you because I know you walk with me every moment, every day of my, my life. And I know that you ask me uh, to wait. When you ask me to wait, I know that you are waiting with me, that you will never allow me to wait alone. And I'm thankful for that. So when, when we are waiting for the Lord, again, be thankful that he called you to wait. There's a reason. It's a higher reason. It's for your benefit. It's for our benefit. And count your blessing while you're waiting. So tonight, you know, there are still some people here, and there may be some uh, listening is waiting to get saved, which, again, coming from somebody, somebody who's not raised in a Christian home, I don't understand that. Why would you wait to get saved if God's coming any moment soon or what something could happen to your life at any moment? It's better to be waiting on God and when He's coming back and when the rapture happened than for you or like, for God to wait on you. Because you know what? God's not going to wait here for any much longer or for maybe your lifetime or your lifespan. God's not going to wait forever for you. He's calling you tonight. It's better to be waiting on God to get your you know, salvation. It's free. It's already happening. You just need to grab it to get it. Because you know what? If you don't, your eternity will be without Him forever. And that is going to be a sad, sad moment, sad day when God is no longer waiting for you. It's better to be waiting on the Lord when he's coming back. Same thing with uh, sanctification. What are you waiting for? Commit your life. Pray to draw closer to the Lord. Commit your life wholly to God. Every decision, everything you do, give it to the Lord. It's his anyway. If you work with him, walk with him, it's better that way. He'll give you strength. He'll give you a hope. And same thing with the, the baptism. Pray for it. Get it. Don't wait any longer. Jesus is coming back soon. And we don't want to miss that boat. And we don't want to miss the, the rapture. 
So let's wait on God, wait for his second coming. Again, it could be tonight, it could be tomorrow. But don't let him wait for you to get saved. It is important. It could be too late. So let's come down and pray. If you need to pray, if you need to get saved, get saved. Tonight is the night. And the song is 630.